0: Today's video is brought to you by my latest book, When Religion Kills, a look at how the so-called faithful, in many religions, advocate murder in the name of their God. Buy it today. Just click on the link in the text portion of this podcast. How hard can it be to denounce a brutal beheading of a teacher and defend Western values? Well, you may want to ask the Canadian Prime Minister that. This is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits, a short podcast about all things terrorism-related. Last month, here in Canada, we celebrated—or hang on, celebrate is not the, not the right word—we remembered, we commemorated the 50th anniversary of the October Crisis. For those of you who aren't Canadian or aren't uh, fans or students of Canadian history, This was a time in October of 1970, in which, after nearly a decade of bombings and killings by a terrorist group called Le Front Libération du Québec, or the Quebec Liberation Front, the government, led by a man called Trudeau, in the wake of the kidnapping of a British diplomat, James Cross, and a Quebec minister, Pierre Laporte, was asked by journalists what he's going to do about it. And Trudeau replied, just watch me. In the aftermath of that, he declared martial law, pronounced the War Measures Act, and essentially sent troops into the streets of Montreal to round up proponents and sympathizers of the FLQ, who ended up killing Pierre Laporte. That move by Trudeau led to the essential dissolution of the FLQ as a terrorist group, and essentially the end of the violent campaign to achieve an independent francophone province, independent country in North America called Quebec. Just in case you were wondering uh, what I mean by Trudeau, it was not the current instantiation of that family as Prime Minister of Canada, i.e. Justin Trudeau. It was his father, Pierre, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. He was criticized at the time, for the suspension of civil liberties. And I couldn't help but notice on this 50th anniversary of those events, many people bemoaning the fact that a prime minister would declare martial law and send troops into the streets. But it was exactly the right move at exactly the right time. We were faced with a terrorism campaign that was not showing any signs of ending. In fact, the FLQ, which had contented itself with bombings here and there, had now kidnapped two people, ended up killing one very brutally. And I hope we all agree that the suspension of civil liberties and the imposition of martial law is an absolute worst case scenario. We were in that worst case scenario in Quebec in October of 1970. As it turns out, by April of 1971, things had gotten more or less back to normal. As I said, the FLQ was essentially defeated with a whole series of arrests. More than 500 people were arrested and killing the killers of, of Pierre Laporte. And therefore, in hindsight, it was the right move. The whiners and complainers of 2020 notwithstanding. So how's Pierre Elliot Trudeau's son doing when it comes to terrorism? This, of course, being Justin Trudeau, a very popular prime minister, at least he was popular when he was first elected in 2016. He's very young, he's very handsome, he's very dashing, he certainly is seen as a heartthrob around the world. And when he was asked, in the wake of the beheading of a French teacher named Samuel Paty, who had dared to talk about the infamous Muhammad cartoons, this is caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad, here was his initial response to that question about whether or not we, we as, as humans, as societies, whether we should be able to laugh at religion or make fun of the Prophet Muhammad. Well, Justin Trudeau uh, apparently defended the freedom of expressions, but he said there are limits. We do not have the right to shout fire in a movie theater of the people. In a pluralistic, diverse society, people have to be aware of the impact of their words and actions, particularly on groups that experience discrimination. Wow. So, let me get this straight. A man was brutally beheaded over a cartoon and a Canadian prime minister was unable to categorically state that that's wrong. Now, in fairness to him, a few days later, he came out with this comment. I think it's important to continue to defend freedom of expression and freedom of speech. Our artists help us to reflect and challenge our views and they contribute to our society. So what occasioned the almost 180-degree turn by the Canadian Prime Minister? Well, French President Macron probably wasn't very happy with what Justin had to say. So he reached out to the Quebec Premier, François Legault. And François Legault stated categorically when he was asked about this particular incident that he said... It is true there are certain political leaders who fear terrorism and, faced with the blackmail of certain radical religious groups, are ready to make accommodations that are not reasonable. The Quebec nation has values, and we have a duty to defend these values. Among these values is freedom of expression. There is secularism, there is a French language. It is not true that we're going to put this aside and accept exaggerated compromises in the name of multiculturalism. Ouch. So the French president gets the right answer from the Quebec premier and the wrong answer from the Canadian prime minister, who then three or four days later decides, oops, my bad, I'm gonna condemn this after all. What does all this mean? I think that any world leader who cannot very simply state that the brutal murder of any human for petty reasons, like a caricature, a cartoon, a piece of satire, really has to question his or her dedication and embrace of the freedoms that we have fought to establish and fought to protect over the millennia, freedom of expression, freedom of worship, freedom not to worship, freedom of religion, freedom not to be religious, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I must confess I'm disappointed that the Prime Minister couldn't do that. It seems that his later statement is a bit of an attempt to whitewash his initial response. You know, at the same time, he's got a point, although it's a very limited one. The other night, I was re re-watching Ghostbusters 2. I, I have a habit of rewatching old movies because that's the movies I like. I know what I like, I know what I don't like. And for those of you who haven't seen Ghostbusters 2 in a long time, the basic plot is that there's this... Carpathian dictator who comes back to life via portrait and he's becoming powerful in New York city because of all the hatred and violence and anger and pissed off people in that great city. And this, these feelings of these rage, these negative emotions are taking the form of a, okay, work with me here. A river of pink sludge underneath the street And uh, the Ghostbusters are able to save New York City by getting New Yorkers to be happy, which sort of bleeds away the power of the pink sludge, and therefore they defeat the Carpathian despot, and, and all is good again. Look, there's no question that I think as societies, we do have to make efforts to get along. We do have to make efforts to see each other's points of view. We do have to make efforts to understand that there are differences on a whole host of items from political parties we support. Let's look what happened south of the border, United States election recently, what religions we we worship, we believe in, what sports teams we follow. There are all kinds of things on which we're going to differ in terms of what's the best way. We can have those those civil disagreements. But we certainly should make an effort at least to not allow those disagreements to descend into Unnecessary, hate, and violence. In other words, let's try to be better as humans. But all that having been said, when we do choose to disagree and people get angry, you're allowed to get angry. What you're not allowed to do is behead people or put them in cages and drown them or burn them alive or rape them or remove their heads from their bodies or throw them off buildings. These are all things that Islamic State did in its so-called caliphate between 2014 and 2019. So yes, we should try as humans to get along, but when things of that nature happen, when heinous crimes of that nature happen, there has to be an instantaneous, immediate denouncement of those acts as being completely unacceptable. There's no yelling fire in a crowded theater defense for this kind of thing. These are mixed metaphors that don't work. So I'm disappointed in my leader for not having the heart not having the wisdom to come out and categorically denounce this, it took him far too long. I hope he's learned his lesson. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Anyhow, that's how I see things. What do you think of Trudeau's response to the question about freedom of expression and his rather milquetoast response to that? Drop me a line. You can reach me on email, BorealisRescu at gmail.com, or on Twitter at Borealis Saves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content and want to receive more, go to my website, borealisthreatandarrest.com, hit the subscribe button, provide the email address. We get a free daily digest of all the blogs, all the podcasts, all the interviews, all the material, free of charge through your inbox first thing in the morning. I'd love to hear what you think about this matter, as well as other ones, maybe some ideas for future podcasts and blogs. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.